Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Bert. I'm the lead pastor at True North Community Church. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. I'm going to have a little something to say to you at the end, but for now, let's dive in. All right. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. So glad you made it. Uh, welcome to church. This is week four in a message series called Back in the Day, fourth and final week in a message series called Back in the Day. So we've been uh, talking the last couple of weeks about um, the past, and if you've been with us for uh, the last three weeks or any one of the last three weeks, uh, you know, I've been uh, feeling, you know, a little bit introspective lately, been feeling a little bit, you know, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but, 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 you know, a little retrospective, introspective, looking inward. I've been reading old journal entries, and the reason for that is I hit kind of a milestone. I turned 50 yesterday. That's kind of a weird thing. Appreciate that. Feels good to be 50, I'm all right, um, so, but it's weird, you know, that's a big milestone, it's, you know, a half century, you know, so it's a lot, a lot of decades, uh, and as I was reading my journal entries and looking through this stuff, I kept having this recurring daydream, and maybe it's a daydream that some of you guys have had, if you've ever, like, had this daydream where you travel back in time and you relive a portion of your life knowing what you know now, uh, I don't know if you've ever, ever thought about that. I, keep, I kept having this daydream. I wanted to go back in time and do things differently as I, as I thought about, you know, what I was doing back then and what I was thinking back then, the mistakes I could have avoided, the things that could have gone differently in my life. So I, you know, put together this idea that maybe a day might come when we could send messages back through time, and I recorded Three, over the last three Sundays, I've recorded three messages to my younger self. The first was uh, myself talking to myself at 15. I, I, I recorded, if you, if you weren't here, if, you're, if today is your first time with our church, I am fully aware of how weird this all sounds. Just go with me. Okay, you'll see where we're headed in a minute. Uh, I recorded a message to my 15-year-old self. That was kind of moving for me because I have a 15-year-old son. So uh, we kind of talked about it, you know, me at 15 and him at 15. I asked him to watch it. I said, I want you to make sure you watch it. And my son uh, sometimes will, sometimes he's here, sometimes he watches, but not always. So I said, I want you to make sure you watch Sunday. And he watched it. And he said, Dad, that, that, that was pretty good, which I'll take it. Okay, so, uh, and then the next week I talked about myself at 21. I talked to myself at 21. And I talked about some issues I was having with my father back then, and I talked about credit card debt because I got myself into a pile of credit card debt in my 20s because I just was silly and I didn't know how it all worked. And then last week, I talked to myself at 33, which was, 33 was right when True North was getting started, and so I, I you know, went back in time and recorded these messages to my former self. And today, uh, I'm going to be addressing myself from 10 years ago. I'm talking to, today, my 40-year-old self. Now, in truth, this past decade, as I look at my life in chunks, this past decade was hands down the most difficult 10 years of my life. There's not even a close second. This decade uh, brought me a lot of difficulty, a lot of sadness, and um, I, I guess probably depression is the right word, but shame and guilt and loneliness and trouble. And it was not easy moving through that, it wouldn't, in any case, but really difficult as a pastor feeling like I shouldn't be struggling with the, these things and like maybe 
maybe I shouldn't be a pastor anymore, and maybe I should just move on and do something else. So a lot of, a lot of, a lot of that kind of stuff has been kind of with me the last 10 years. And so I'm going to be talking to my 40-year-old self, but I'm doing it a little differently this morning, and here's why. Um, it, it's very emotional stuff. So I, I normally, some of you, most of you guys don't, don't care about this, but typically on Monday, you know, I write my sermons in advance, and on Monday when I come here, I, I preach to an empty room. I show up Monday and I, commun- I preach to an empty room. And then I show up Tuesday and I preach to an empty room. And I show up Wednesday and I preach to an empty room. And I keep doing that until I'm ready for you. So the transitions feel good and I'm ready to communicate. Um, that's p- part of my prep process. But on Monday I got here and the stuff was emotional enough that I knew I wasn't going to be able to get through three services in a row. So what I did was Daniel and, and Alan actually helped me and we pre-recorded that section of it. So if you're watching from home, this is going to feel just like it normally does, but if you're in the room here, what we're going to do now is lower the lights, and you're going to watch a video clip of what I have been delivering live over the last couple of weeks. And with that, we're going to lower the lights. Take a look. Bert, what's up? It's me again. Jumping back in time to bring you the fourth and final message in this series. So today's message is going to be a little different than the last three. I spoke to you at 15, spoke to you again at 21, and once more 12 years later at 33. Today, you're 40, and I have just turned 50. So I know very well what you are approaching. Um, I know very well what you're headed for. This next decade, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, man. It's going to be the hardest decade of your life. This is going to be difficult. For one thing, at the end of the decade, there's a pandemic, and it is no fun. Uh, it's, It's difficult, and it shuts the economy down, and it shuts Broadway down and it shuts major sporting events down and somehow by God's grace the church stays open and because of this amazing congregation uh, people stay involved and stay connected and and we're still okay but right around 2019 you know early to mid 2019 buy some toilet paper just quick write that on your calendar for for later um but there's also some, some stuff that, that's coming your way that's specific to your life that isn't for everybody else. For starters, it's dad. He doesn't have long. And you're starting to understand that. And you're kind of in denial about it. And you're hoping that you'll have a lot more years, but you don't. So I'm, I'm not going to tell you the time and the date, but I am going to tell you to take every opportunity that you have to talk to him on the phone, the way he likes to rant about politics and just kind of vent on things. Just listen. Take the opportunities you have to go to Staten Island and have a cup of coffee with him and talk. You'll never regret taking those opportunities. Those will become cherished memories for you, and you'll be surprised 
how much you miss them later on. The other thing that's happening for you now that really nobody else knows about is that your marriage is coming to an end. And you know that. You're starting to know it with finality. And it's crushing you. And you're incredibly sad. And you feel, um, you feel more depressed. You feel more to blame. You feel more crushed than maybe you've ever felt in your life. And there are tears, like ugly tears. I know. I don't need to read the journals for this. I remember the ugly tears. I remember pulling over to the side of the road and just sobbing at random intervals. I remember feeling, feeling like you don't want to preach. That was when you knew something was really wrong, when you knew you just didn't want to preach, when you found yourself coming into this building at the last possible minute on a Sunday. You would park in your car, and you will for a while park in your car and stay in that parking lot until the last possible second when you have to walk into this building because you don't want to face everybody because you feel like a fraud. You feel like you have no right to be a pastor anymore. And you're so worried that if everyone finds out that that will be the end of your time as a pastor. Surely that would disqualify you. And coincident with all this stuff happening in your personal life and in your marriage, the church is starting the Make Space campaign. And we're trying to raise money because we've outgrown that auditorium and we're starting this big thing, this big church-wide emphasis and we're, we're, we're so excited about moving forward and getting ready and this is coming in, in the coming years and you're just, you just can't believe that it's all happening at once. And there's a voice inside of you that's telling you that not only is the Make Space campaign going to fail, but that the church is going to fail because of you, because surely this will be the end, because surely no one will want to hear from a pastor who is divorced. Surely no one will want to connect with or attend a church where the pastor himself couldn't even keep his marriage together. Like, isn't that sin, and shouldn't that just be the end of it? That's what's going on in your head, and you're so alone. What you need to do now is something you're not doing a ton of in, the, in these days. You need to turn to the scriptures that speak to where you are. And right now, the stuff that speaks best to where you are are the Psalms of lament. These don't get preached on very often. These don't get visited very often. But this is where you are. This is Psalm 130. From the depths of despair, O Lord, I call for your help. Hear my cry, O Lord. Pay attention to my prayer. Lord, if you kept a record of our sins, who, O Lord, could ever survive? But you offer forgiveness 
that we might learn to fear you. I am counting on the Lord. Yes, I am counting on him. I've put my hope in his word. I long for the Lord more than centuries long for the dawn. Yes, more than centuries long for the dawn. Do you remember your Latin? De profundis clamo ad te domine, aude voce meam. Out of the depths, O Lord, I cry to you, hear my voice. You're in the depths. It's dark where you are. And it's sad. And like a sentry longing for the dawn, you're trying to find God in the middle of it. So there's this image of a sentry, a night watchman, a person on a wall, guarding a wall, guarding a city, guarding a rampart, and his watch is the entire night, and he doesn't get off work till the dawn, and so it's a long night. It's an interminably long night, and he's on the wall. He doesn't have a watch to tell him how many more hours are left. He doesn't have an iPhone to check how much time is left. There's no stopwatches or timers. All he knows is that his watch lasts until the dawn, and the night seems to be taking forever. Like, surely something's wrong by now. By now, surely the sky should be getting light. Surely there should be some sign that this interminable night will end, and there is no sign that it will ever end. And like a sentry longs for the dawn right now, you're trying to find God in the middle of this, and he seems so terribly far away. You're not alone in that. Jesus felt like that, and so have many others. This is Psalm 6. O Lord, don't rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your rage. Have compassion on me, Lord, for I'm weak. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. I'm sick at heart. How long, O Lord, until you restore me? I'm worn out from sobbing. All night I flood my bed with weeping, drenching it with my tears. My vision is blurred by grief. My eyes are worn out because of all my enemies. Worn out from sobbing. Abdominal muscles hurting because you've cried so much is where you're getting to. And you are having some dark thoughts, my man. You're thinking about ending it ending it all because you're so alone and you feel so much pressure and you're so certain you're going to let everybody down. It doesn't ever get that bad. I'm happy to tell you. It doesn't ever get that bad. And the sky does lighten again and you do find hope again and it's beautiful. This is Psalm 42. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. 
when can I go and stand before him? Your heart is turning. You're turning back to him. You're starting to see hope again. Hope for what's to come. And finally, last scripture for you today. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Right now, your spirits are crushed, and you're in a lot of pain. But it gets better. God deals tenderly with you. As you've said so often to your congregation, your feelings are not always an accurate indicator of what's true. And what's true right now is that God is very, very close to you. Other pastors will not think so kindly of you. Some will call for your resignation. Others will reach out to you and care for you and be friends with you. Remember that your job on this planet is not to win the approval of others. Your job on this planet is to honor God with your life. I really hope that some of the messages I sent back in time cause you to make changes that make this decade far different for you. Wouldn't that be amazing if the warnings I've sent back in time cause you in your timeline to live a different life? That would be pretty cool. In my timeline, it ends. But even in the ending, there's hope. It doesn't have to be brutal and bloody. In my timeline, you part as friends, and the kids are good, and you do your holidays together, and you find, to your astonishment, that the church you minister to ministers to you. There are some that can't abide the idea of a divorced pastor, but most of your congregation rises up with love and compassion, and they talk to you about how they understand, and they talk to you about how they themselves have been through it, and they talk to you about how they actually feel less like second-class citizens because of the things that have happened in their lives, and they talk to you about how this thing has humanized you, and that they now really understand that the ground before the cross is level and that we are all just sinners saved by grace. You didn't know it, but all those years, you were helping to make True North a safe place for all who came in. It was becoming a safe place for you. And so it is at 50. You still screw up. You still sin. You still struggle. You still sometimes feel unworthy of the calling you have. But you're well acquainted with God's grace. You're well acquainted with his forgiveness and with the hope that comes from new beginnings. So, for the next 
decade, you're going to have to do something difficult. You're going to have to do something you've told your church to do on many occasions. You're going to have to choose joy. Choose joy. Joy can be found if you choose it. Don't give in to that darkness. Don't, don't spiral down into that depression and sadness. Reach out to the Lord. He is right there in this moment. And you get through this. And by God's grace, 50 starts to look really good. And the next decade brings with it tons of hope and optimism. This is the last time I plan to reach out to you. Maybe my future self will send a message back to me at some point. If so, I'll be in touch. Short of that, farewell and God's peace. Thank you. I, uh, I knew there was no way I was getting through that three times in one morning. I just need, need therapy after that. So, um, Thank you, for, thank you for tolerating this weird little journey into this. So, look at, have you ever had a dark night of the soul that seemed to last forever? I mean, have you ever just been trapped in a situation where, where you, you don't know if there'll ever be a conclusion? This language of as a sentry waits for the dawn, like, like, like waiting for a dawn that, that seems to never come. Like, surely something must have interrupted the rotation of the earth. That's how long dawn seems to be taking. You ever find yourself in a situation like that? It's, it's awful, and before long, you start blaming yourself. And look at in any situation in which we find ourselves, we have to own what's ours to own. I'm a big fan of, of checking yourself and checking your pulse and, and, and searching yourself. But after a while, you start to, it starts to feel like it's your fault, and then you start to feel like there's something wrong with you if you're not just hashtag blessed all the time. I have in the last decade developed a strong distaste for the, the hashtag blessed culture, for, the, for those who are constantly and un, unwaveringly Blessed and highly favored. I hear that language, it gives me the creeps because I, okay, yes, yes, okay, I don't have a theological argument with it. You're blessed, we're all blessed, right? We live in the United States, we're blessed. Globally speaking, we're, we're, we're good, okay? That's a blessing, we're blessed. We have God's blessings. Highly favored, sure, absolutely. We have access to the forgiveness of our sins, that is favor, I mean, that's, that's all. I don't have a theological argument with it, I just have a, I have a theological and conceptual argument with the notion that Christians are always supposed to be at the top of their game and that everything's always supposed to be perfect. Because that has not been my experience. And I bet it hasn't been yours either. So if you're here today, now, and you're in the waiting room, waiting for something to resolve, waiting for something to come around, waiting for a result or a resolution that to you seems like it's taking forever, where you are now, in your place, find a way to choose joy. Turn back 
to the Psalms of lament. Turn back to the imprecatory Psalms. Turn back to these portions of Scripture where, where we read of King. Yeah, King David did not, was not always hashtag. There's nothing hashtag blessed about those Psalms. There's nothing, yay, everything's awesome about these Psalms. This, this, is, this is a real description of real pain. And real pain is a part of our journey. It's part of where we find ourselves. Now, I don't, I don't actually think, just in case you're wondering, I don't actually think we're going to send these things back through time. I know some of you think I've lost my mind. I don't really think this is going anywhere. I just wanted to do the exercise, and I hope you've kind of enjoyed listening in as I talk to myself, which is, the whole thing is weird, I know. Thank you for being so tolerant, like being a congregation tolerant enough to let me do weird things like that within sermon structure. Uh, I, I can't tell you how much that means to me to have that freedom to be able to do that. Uh, I know this isn't going to go back in time, but we, we can go back in time if we learn from the past. We don't have a DeLorean, we don't have a method to send messages back, but we can learn from our past. We can go back to what was, and this, man, this decade, I've learned a ton, and some of it I learned what to do, and a lot of it I learned what not to do. But I'm so excited to be turning a corner, and maybe it's just that it's a milestone birthday, but I feel like in some way I'm making a new beginning and connecting with God in a way that I haven't in a very, very long time. And I'm excited about what's to come. And my word for you today is if you're, if you're trapped in the valley or you feel trapped in the valley, keep walking. That's not, you're not gonna be there forever. It gets better and God is with you in the valley. Don't feel like your, your experience is anomalous because you're down there in the depths when every other Christian is riding the, the mountaintop of hashtag blessed. We all find ourselves in the valley sometimes. We all find ourselves in the depths sometimes. That's part of the journey. That's where God meets us. And if nothing else in this, this whole weird, just sometimes surreal decade and even past year that I've had, my, my fervent hope is that if nothing else, we all just get really, really clear with ourselves that the ground before the cross is level. That if a meteor hits this building now and we all find ourselves standing in front of God together, uh, there is no little step-up platform for pastors. We all stand level before God. We all stand level before the cross. We all stand in the same place needing God's forgiveness, some of us more than others. So that's, that's us. That's our congregation. That's who we are. Kind of messed up people who sometimes find themselves in the valley. And when we're in the valley, no, that's what, why it's hard to reach out to others. If you're in the valley and you feel like you're the only one, it's like one of the the enemy's greatest things, weapons to use against us is, is isolation, to feel like you're the only one, like it's only you. It's not only you. You're not the only one. People struggle with that stuff all the time. It might be time for us to get real and start talking to each other in real terms about what we're actually struggling with, not just painting on like happy, shiny faces for Sunday and acting like everything's hashtag blessed. So if that changes the tone of your community group, that would rock. If that changes the tone of what happens when you get coffee with somebody else from here, I would love that. Because I think 
what God's calling us to more than anything is just honesty in the soul and letting him get access to some of those places that sometimes we don't give him access to because we're too busy trying to make everybody think we've got it all together. With that, we're going to do something we haven't done in a while. We're going to celebrate together uh, communion. This mark, this thing that, that Jesus sets out for us that all Christians are to keep doing. And we, we've, we've had to juggle this a little bit because of COVID. We don't love the current setup, but it's what we got. So we got these little, got these little things. I want to encourage you to peel. Just take the cellophane off that top layer. That's a tricky thing, just getting it off the top layer, but not off the second layer, but do what you can. If you're still crinkling cellophane, get some help from somebody. <laughs> and on the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to them, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, broken for you for the forgiveness of all your sins. Do this and remember me the body of Christ. And now you can peel back that second layer. And after the same manner, when he had given thanks, he took the cup and he gave it to them, saying, Take and drink. This is my blood, the blood of the new covenant, poured out for you for the forgiveness of all your sins. Do this and remember me, the blood of Christ. Amen. Father, we love you so much. And we just admit that there are times we camp out in the valley and stay there. We take, take, take on this identity of just someone trapped when that's really not who we are. When you're right beside us in that place, would you help us to find faith to reach out to you in those moments? Would you help us to find faith to believe that those seasons end? And would you quicken our hearts to be honest with you and honest with those around us that we might not walk alone. Father, we don't want to be separate from you. We want to be close to you. Not in some fake, hashtag blessed, pretending to have it all together sense. Father, we want to be authentic and real and we want your love and your mercy to take up residence in us that we might reflect it to the world around us. May that be so in my life, and may it be so in all of our lives. We pray together in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks once again for taking the time to listen. It's an honor to have you with us. 
If you'd like to support our church financially and help us continue to put this content out there for free, that would be a really big deal to us. We're completely supported by the contributions of the people that come to our church. And if you'd like to help, you can do that online at truenorthchurch.net slash give, or you can do it with a text message. Just text the word True North to 77977 on your cell phone, and you'll get a prompt leading you through how to do that. Thanks again for dialing in. See you soon. Bye-bye.